When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Maybe I'm just nostalgic Or maybe it's truly magical I'm Brooke. <laughs> and I'm Andrew. <laughs> this week we're joined by Brad Pitt, also known as Kevin Perjurer, who is the creator of the Defunct Land podcast and YouTube channel. Kevin has a new book on the way called Defunct Land, A Guide to the Magic Kingdom, which was recently successfully crowdfunded, and he reached his goal within 24 hours. Kevin was nice enough to join the podcast this week to talk about the book, his channel, and to discuss his top five favorite closed or defunct Magic Kingdom park rides and attractions. Let's get to it. Kevin, thank you for uh, joining us on this episode of Disneydos. Uh, first of all, congratulations on the book, uh, like practically doubling, actually is doubled now its original request on Indiegogo. Uh, how quickly did that thing, I feel like that thing got, it hit its goal within like the first day, right? Yeah, within 24 hours, we got a, about $11,000, which was awesome. So it's, uh, so I'm rich, right? Yeah, you are. Uh, that's what i keep thinking but then i uh then i look up how much it's going to cost to print it and then i'm like oh wait <laughs> i broke even so that's all that matters right are you doing an ebook for this as well uh yes yeah that was that's an option on the indiegogo so th- that doesn't cost anything to print because it's digital of course um but the uh the the printing of the hardbacks um because i'm kind of a a stickler for making sure that they're not they're of quality i don't want to i don't want two cardboard pieces uh, and two cardboard pieces with paper in between. Um, so yeah, no, it's a, uh, we're going to print 2000. I'm really excited about it. And I think I've sold around thousand. So we're going to have a thousand for storage, which is what, what, what the Indiegogo was for is I really wanted to get some in storage. So this holiday season, um, when people are trying to buy gifts and things, that's probably when I'll be able to get a lot of those sold. Um, that's why I'd, I had this whole planned out is what I'm going with, even though this was really, a it's a, I started the book in, Oh my November at Thanksgiving. Um, I was bored with, I was at my family's house um, and I wasn't supposed to be working. And so I was just sitting there. I was like, what can I do? And then I just grabbed a piece of paper and started writing out some ideas for, uh, for books to do. And so since then I've been writing and editing and designing and fact checking, which is the worst process and all these other things. So it's a, it's been a whirlwind. Did you do it all yourself? Oh no, no. Um, like fact checking? No way. I'm apparently, um, it's a, I, I have a great fact checker. If you go to Walt dated world is a website, um, Walt dated world, Allison from that website is fantastic and, um, uh, very necessary for me because, uh, when I research, I mainly do, you know, like I'll, I'll go on sites like Walt dated world, all ears, um, theme park tourist especially has a lot of good stuff basically i pull from message boards and all these things i try to piece these together because there's no you know history book that has all of these things in them the closest thing is dave smith's uh who's the disney historian his a to z book and that has all the um like dates open usually but that is just a short blurb so when uh, telling these short stories in this book it was like i had to pretty much crowdsource the story because um of the ride and watch ride throughs and what have you. Um, but Allison, my fact checker, like I said, she's uh, really great in making sure that I actually um, get the correct dates, um, which it's just something you don't think about um, whenever, like, of course I'll, I'll look up the date when I'm writing. I'll be like, boom, there you go. And I just, the first date I see um, 
and then she'll be like actually that was the soft opening date the real opening date is this and i'm like dang it allison you've done it again so <laughs> that's uh that's basically been the whole thing and then i she the, the big i make a joke about this in the book but she forced me to put an exclamation point at the end of stitch's great escape every time i uh say stitch's great escape because that's how the ride is the name is stylized so i had to put stitch's great escape and i was and so i like messenger was like do i have to do this she's like, i mean like i you hired me to fact check you and that's <laughs> you need to put a exclamation point i was like fine but i'm putting you in the i'm putting the in the book that you were the one that made me do this and she she said okay so that's a uh, other than that and the fact that you have to lowercase it's a small world um all those things combined just uh, that's that's the process i'm in right now if you can't tell based on how much i'm talking about it is fact checking after actually that's also over um so right now the last thing we're doing is interior design and um that's done by uh Philip um, from Reedsy. He's I used Reedsy to get my freelancers and Philip, Meredith Tennant and Philip Gessert. Uh, Meredith's my editor, and she edited and proofread and copy edited. And then uh, Philip is doing the interior design right now. And then I have two artists, um, Andrew Benny and Ingram Jenkins. Um, if you watch Defunct Land on YouTube, um, Defunct TV. We just had an episode come out. It's co-created and edited by Heath Jenkins, who is Ingram's sibling. So that's kind of cool. We got a family going and their father is Jim Jenkins who made Doug and PB and J Otter and Jojo circus and all those shows. So yeah, I'm, I'm running a small Jenkins empire. Ingram did my uh, cover art and chapter art. And then my in, in illustrations and interior illustrations were done by Andrew. And so it's Andrew Ingram, Meredith editor, designer, Philip and fact checker, Allison and Kevin who's dying. But yeah, so that's, that's the production side of the book. Didn't you want to history? You can't, you had me on to give you like a lesson on how to make a book, right? Yes. (laughs) Of the the entire process. You said that it's coming out in December or it should be ready by December. Oh no, it's, it's uh, the, I should have the first copy by August 1st. And then, because if you rush the, my printing is in China. And so it has to either be shipped by plane or by, or be shipped by ship. And the ship takes longer than plane from what I understand. And um, so it's about if the the normal, it's cheaper to ship by ship. And um, so that's why. So if you rush ordered it, you should be able to get it by the end of August. And then if you, this is all through Indiegogo, by the way, if you ship shipped it, normal shipping, it should be here by October. So by November, I'm hoping it will be on Amazon for anyone to purchase with like prime two day shipping, all that stuff. All right. Pretty sweet. Um, so what, what drew you to Disney in general? Cause you, I know you cover that. I mean, you cover that and universal a lot on the podcast or on the YouTube channel, but like, what was the big appeal of Disney? If you're doing anything with theme parks and you're not talking about Disney, you're ignoring the entire pretty much every you're, you're ignoring everything um, because in the beginning before Disney before 1955 in the dark ages um, when we had only boardwalks that might've had a coaster on them um, you had small theme parks. If you wanted to call them that, what it basically meant is it was a planned um, area. That's, and that was basically the only thing that like counted as a theme park. Um, and then besides that, you had small carnivals, small amusement parks by lakes, picnic areas that just happened to have a carousel picnic areas that ooh, had a, like a small wooden uh, switchback coaster or something like that. Um, and then 1955, Disney changed everything because he went to all those places, of course, and said, these are gross. Let's not do this. Let's do something better. And Disneyland was created. And then if you look at what Disneyland did for that industry, I mean, it's just it's never been. I don't there's very few times that you can see a t- entire industry be created by one move you know maybe like film is it's, it's a lot of small things a lot of people experimenting with photo cameras and video cameras and animation but i mean as far as theme parks go not amusement parks or coasters but just theme parks like that one move is what started this giant industry i just did an episode on six flags Astro World, and in the beginning i talked about six flags and uh how that was um oh, it's like the most texas name ever what is it uh, Angus G. Wynn Jr., I think is his name. Um, it's the most Texas name ever, right? Angus G. Wynn Jr. Um, is, uh, he went to Disneyland and he wanted to build a Disneyland in Texas. And that, that's what created Six Flags Over Texas and pretty much all the Six Flags parks. Um, so many, you know, places, like I did one on Alton Towers. That was a Disneyland. Someone traveled to Disneyland, saw it. Nara Dreamland was literally just, they were doing Disneyland. Um, so many of these parks are just someone went to disney World itself before it was six flags 
just someone went to Disneyland and said, oh, we should build a Disneyland where I am so people don't have to go out to California. And of course, no one was able to do it to the um, to the same degree as Disney did um, for a variety of reasons. One, because no one had the same amount of capital in intellectual properties already that uh, uh, Disney did. So, I mean, you, a lot of them were real estate developers. And, you know, when you're a real estate developer, you might have the funds, but you don't have the draw and um, it, or you don't have the materials necessary for theming. And uh, so it's just it was a uh, Disney is, is the reason it draws me from a historical perspective is um, and I know there's a lot of people out there that despise Disney and that don't like Disney theme parks. Um, and and like and I get it. I'm not I'm not saying that you have to love Disney. I'm saying that every time I go to Disney, I love it. Um, there's a ton of issues. Um, and you might like Cedar Fair parks better. You might like Six Flags parks better. But it's just like it would be ignorant to ignore the fact that it started with Disney. So I guess that's my answer. How'd I do? It was up five minutes. Sorry. <laughs> I'll, I'll shorten the answers. I'll just give yes or no from now on. I tend to ramble. Kevin, if you want to give us the rundown on your uh, top favorite closed Disney rides from the Magic Kingdom. Well, that is a very specific list for me. I'm now I'm like watch mojo over here. The um, no, the uh, the top five, right? Because I, I asked before we started whether you wanted the weird ones, you wanted the best ones. So I'm just going to give you um, the classic ones, the ones that the, the major ones. I'm not going to bore you with the penny arcades and the main street cinemas and all these very small ones, which I do talk about in the book. Um, but I'll give you the, the biggest ones. But first, uh, you said you've never been to a Disney park, right? That's right. I've never been to any Disney park of any kind. Thank you, mom and dad. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, and is there a reason? Um, mom and dad. Uh, they just, they <laughs> never took me or my siblings. I've never been. Yeah, that's and uh, what theme parks have you been to? So I've been to Six Flags, Kings Dominion, Hershey Park, Bush Gardens. I okay. think that might be it. <laughs> pretty good list nothing crazy those are, those are good parks those are bush gardens williamsburg i'm assuming based on those locations yes i've also been to cedar point okay cedar point okay yeah oh yeah so those are those are all fantastic parks you've never ventured into worlds of fun is what i'm guessing which is was my home park growing up because i was from uh the kansas city area the uh it's a it's a very bad park don't go there. Oh, um, okay. I have faith in it, but uh, I have faith that they can improve it, but they have not anyways. Um, but yeah, so my top five Disney ones. Um, so yeah, the uh, the first one that I'm going to talk about is the Mickey Mouse Review. So this would be my number five if I was going from like least classic to most classic. Um, that's not even a good way to describe this list. Whatever. Mickey Mouse Review. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the Mickey Mouse Review was an animatronic stage show. Um, you don't get these at your Six Flags. The uh, it's just uh, have you I'm trying to think of a way to describe it? Have you seen Hall of Presidents like a, a video of it? Okay, um, have you seen a stage show? Yes, okay, imagine that, but with robots, yeah, it's like Chuck E. Cheese, yeah, it's like Chuck E. Cheese. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> okay, yeah, I guess I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. It's been a while since I've been to a Chuck E. Cheese, so that uh, that simile isn't just rolling off the tongue anymore. It's like you know, when you go to Chuck E. Cheese, like you do all the time. Um, <laughs> the pizza is actually good. you gotta take a kid with you though they don't let you know there's one else. right up the street from here just saying <laughs> if you want to visit us kevin i was uh this is an anecdote but i was well, i was on some shoot um like a documentary thing on the side that i was helping out with and i was uh walking to go get cash from an atm and uh i had to walk like to this bar on the other side of the shopping district at like 10 p.m and I walked by this Chuck E. Cheese, which wasn't open at 10 p.m., which I was surprised by. Um, I thought the kids were stayed up a little later than that nowadays. But the uh, it was closed, but there was one light, and it was shining on behind the characters that were standing on the stage with the curtain open. And it was the most sinister, scary thing I've ever seen in real life. That sounds terrifying. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, the Mickey Mouse Review is like that, but way more elaborate. And the it's so – I don't even remember how many characters – so I'm just going to say 70 to 90, probably 75, 85-ish characters on stage. Now, um, most of these were, I should say most, a lot of them were animated figures. And there's debate over what's an audio animatronic and what's an animated figure. Um, animated figure essentially is something that moves very normally. But a lot of these were animatronics, and they were pretty great. Um, 
And so you would have Mickey come up and he would conduct the orchestra. And there was all these different, I probably should pull up a picture of it so I can better describe it to you. Um, Cause I, I wrote this in text form and now I'm realizing that explaining it out loud sounds a lot more nonsensical than reading it in a book. I have not done an episode on this one. This should be, I think this is, yeah, this is, I've only done an episode on one of these. Yeah. So if you look up Mickey Mouse review, you'll see this dark kind of limbo room um, with all of your favorite Disney characters just sitting and playing instruments. And um, it, it was a really elaborate, very cool. It was in fantasy land. It was an opening day attraction, I believe. Um, and it was just a very, uh, a classic kind of show. And then they would close the curtain and they would do this projection and you could see like Cinderella dancing with Prince Charming or whatever Cinderella's guy is. Is that Prince Charming? Is his name Prince Charming? Yes, it is. Is it? Okay, see. His name is Prince Charming. Well, in the live action one, his name is Kit. And yeah, so they, they would do interesting transitions and then up would pop on one side of the stage, another group of characters, and they'd do a little thing. And then another part of the stage and another group of characters. And then they all came together for the finale. And some characters were duplicated so they could pop up on one side of the stage, then go down and then come up on the other. It was a very elaborate show. It actually came from an idea of from Walt Disney himself who kind of said, I want to do a stage show with all of these characters, all of our characters. And um, that the, the technology just wasn't there at the time until, you know, he died in 1966. And then five years later, in 1971, they had developed the technology. So yeah, the uh, Mickey Mouse review. Uh, oh, also, this is the, this is the first appearance in the parks in physical form, I believe, like a, a attraction form of Br'er Rabbit, Br'er Bear and Br'er Fox from the... 1944 45 movie song of the south why was that one closed it was closed before 1983 they shipped it off to japan to open tokyo disneyland they put they they took it there um it was replaced by mickey's philhar magic a lot later um i think it was immediately replaced by magic journeys and then magic journeys was replaced by legend of the lion king and then there was probably another one that i'm forgetting maybe that's it um and then leg- after the legend of the line let's just say let's look it up <laughs> the uh well whenever a attraction is replaced like four times it's very difficult for me to keep track of it um okay so it well, yeah that, i was right it was magic journeys so it closed in 1980 and then magic journeys took over and then legend of the lion king in 1994 the same summer that the lion king came out they'd already created this stage show for it and then Mickey's Fill Our Magic came in 2003, which is the th- which is just a 3D version of kind of what the Mickey's Mouse Mickey's Musical Review is. Is that it, it looks like the stage before Mickey's Mouse Mickey the Mickey Mouse Review would start, and then Donald comes out and grabs Mickey's sorcerer's hat, and then you know trouble ensues, and then you know uh, Mickey grabs all the car- grabs the hat, and then um, makes all the instruments play one last time. So it's like kind of a vague reference to the previous attraction that was there. Yeah. Any anything else in the? I mean, like I can talk about the Mickey Mouse review. It's a it's a very interesting show. All the uh, all the uh, all the camcorder footage of it is um, it's very dark, and so it, uh, and I don't know I don't know what it would be like uh, in 1971 per se, but if it was that dark um, when it first opened, it would have been a terrifying attraction just to see Mickey Mouse with like a dim light on, kind of like I was talking about earlier with the Chuck E. Cheese stuff. So. Yeah. So doesn't that make you feel missed out on Disney that you didn't get to experience the Mickey Mouse review? Yeah, How I, am I doing? I I really feel like I've been cheated. Honestly. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Do you have any questions about the Mickey Mouse review? No, I mean I was just looking at some pictures. Any reactions to that? <laughs> no, I mean the pictures they kind of look exactly what I was imagining in my head. So I want to watch the old camcorder footage now really scare myself oh yeah they really don't move that they're not fluid which is it depends on your taste i think it's more creepy when they're not moving oh yeah that sort of like static movement is not okay (laughs) no yeah it's more like a rotation like i think the huey dewey and louie or maybe i think that's the girl i don't know they uh they come up and they just kind of turn and that's how you play the trumpet is you just turn your body from what i understand yeah you didn't know that And then Dumbo has his nose on the tuba, which is. That's also how you play the tuba. (laughs) 
that actually happens in the new live action Tim Burton Dumbo movie. <laughs> he learns he doesn't learn how to fly in that version. He just learns how to play the tuba with his nose. <laughs> All right, what's next on the list? Penny Arcade. I'm just kidding. No, uh, Mr. I keep referencing the Penny Arcade. I probably should explain the joke. It was just like the small arcade that like lasted for a while. It wasn't. It was nothing. Um, number four is Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Matt loves that one. I did a little fist pump. I I remember that one. Favorite. <laughs> well, it still exists in Disneyland, but the Disney World version was special, as it's been explained to me many times by angry commenters suggesting me doing it. It's different and defunct because it had two different tracks, um, and the differences in the stories. I mean, they're, they're like they they met up in the middle at one point, but besides that, you were doing two pretty much different rides both of which of arguable quality. Um, like the ride itself was fun, but watching ride throughs are, leave, a, leave a lot to be desired because it's just, you know, cardboard cutouts, it looks like, you know. Um, but no, it, it was nice that it had two different tracks. Um, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride was, it was an opening day attraction. It was in Fantasyland, just like Mickey Mouse Review. It was eventually replaced by Winnie the Pooh. And um, the figure, I think it's the same figure, or I know actually it's a replica, I believe, is now in the Haunted Mansion. If you walk, when you're walking out of the Haunted Mansion at the Magic Kingdom, if you turn to the left, um, you can see the Pet Cemetery, and in top of the Pet Cemetery is a tribute to Mr. Toad, and it's him. There's also two tributes in the Winnie the Pooh ride, um, but those are um, not very easy. To, I mean, I could have described them. Well, you have to now. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want me to? Sure. Uh, just this is these are book spoilers. Not like the but you could look these up. Um, uh, there's this is basically what I do in the book is I explain what the ride is, I explain when it, what it did, what lasted, and then I explain how when you're walking through the park you can see um, what is still there. There's a picture of Mister Toad handing the deed to his house to Mister Owl from Winnie the Pooh. And then there's another picture in that same room of, whew, might be Piglet or Pooh, and then Mole, like doing something together. No, I mean, not, nothing like weird or illegal, just like they're just standing there. Don't lie. Did, um, I'm trying to remember, was it, didn't the Mr. Toad's Wild Ride end with you getting in a car crash and going to hell? What? Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention that. <laughs> what? <laughs> Back up. Explain that. Oh, I should have done Snow White's Adventures now that I think about it. I, I might erase one of these to talk about Snow White's Adventures. Um, yeah, there were two rides in Fantasyland that basically killed you during the ride. <laughs> and that was one of them. Um, this is Fantasyland, by the way. And so, because, because death really is a dead? mere fantasy. And the sweet embrace. I've always fantasize about dying <laughs> on mr toad's wild ride when you die you go to fantasy land all right it's, it looks the same it's just hot concrete in orlando on a summer day <laughs> that sounds awesome that is the one part of the magic kingdom that still exists in my opinion that really you just feel that concrete like it's it's bad i don't know maybe just because like when you get to Frontierland, it's just like oh it's supposed to be like this and then you have some trees once you get to Adventureland. but man there are no trees in that main stretch of fantasy land before you get to Frontierland, and then you go to the Tomorrowland, and there's plenty of shade and cover oh yeah um, i can imagine it right now oh uh, yeah so you die at the end of the ride Great. and you go to hell <laughs> I and can't uh, that's that how it ends. Fun. I forget how you die. Do you get in a car accident? Were the two tracks different? The, the ride does not you tell a very clear story. You get hit by a train, I think. Oh my god! Get, oh no, no, yes, yes, you do get hit by a train. I forgot. Yes, because you see the light coming. How could I forget? This is a very classic theme park trick, by the way. It is the uh, you're going one way, and there's something coming towards you, and then you veer off. But in this version, you technically get hit, as far as the story is concerned. So you get hit by a train. And yes, you're right. How did I forget about that? And then what? You're hit by a train and then it's over? No, then you go to hell. There's a scene in hell that was like super hot. I think they put heaters in there at one point. Maybe that was the Disneyland version. Why would they do that? (laughs) This is the only time I wish that we had a video podcast because of how far both of their jaws are. They think we're making this up, Kevin. (laughs) Oh, really? No, look up Mr. Toad's Wild Ride hell scene. It's, it's, I'm scared. Actually, this is horrifying. I don't remember... This must be Disneyland. This is, I found some old pictures that 
Because I remember that this one was not nearly as sinister, but there is some sinister stuff going on. Yeah, these are the kind of stuff. Oh my gosh, these are the kind <laughs> of uh, these are the kind of things that people love. Like those are the. Oh my God, there's little. Did devils. you know that Disneyland, the Disney World, used to have a a weird old ride and or Walt Disney World, I should say. <laughs> there, uh, there you go. Any questions? I have a lot of questions, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you can fuck? answer them. Like why? <laughs> The uh, it was just a different. It was the seventies. It was the seventies, baby. The, now, it was, I mean, Mr. Toast Wild Ride was an opening day attraction at Disneyland as well. Oh my god! I'm I mean, like disturbed. It's and, yeah. yeah also I don't intrigued. know what to tell you. It's I I, I didn't make it. And, and the, it was just I guess that's it was the obvious ending that everyone was waiting for. Is that you could, <laughs> And, and like we could we couldn't not write it we, we couldn't not put it in there everyone knew it was coming yeah um what's interesting is you said this one made you want to talk about snow white's adventure so now i really want to know what happens there but i'll let you continue on with your list but we are going to talk okay. about snow white at some point i'll uh i'll take out one of these and well i mean we i don't i don't i have no t- i have nothing to do we can just talk about all of them <laughs> uh, we, <laughs> I don't do anything. <laughs> Me either. These the episodes make themselves. The um no uh so essentially, uh let's just yeah let's do number three if we're done with Mr. Toad's Wild Ride again it's just well we are a lot died, of car so. it's a yeah, cardboard it's cardboard cutouts that really pictures and video don't do it justice it was it's a fun ride but uh yeah sounds so, so much fun yeah <laughs> can you believe your parents didn't let you get hit by a train when you were I know. <laughs> Mom and dad are really like. Text them right now. I can't wait to see them this weekend to let them have a piece of my mind. <sighs> um, what's next? Uh, oh yeah, I'm doing this. Um, number three. Number two. So, let's yeah, let's just do Snow White's Adventures. All right. Another opening day Disneyland attraction that still exists. The Magic Kingdom had one that opened as an opening day attraction in Magic Kingdom as well. This version is different than the Disneyland version that everyone knows today. This version was much more sinister. So Disney did this thing where I think if they did it with Peter Pan's flight as well, where they thought, well, let's the, because they're, they're storytellers and they're like, well, let's tell the story as if you are Snow White or you are Peter Pan. So you're not going to see Peter Pan in the ride, or you're not going to see Snow White in the ride because you are them. You assume their role, and you go throughout their movie as them. Uh, believe it or not, this was lost on kids, and um, they were confused <laughs> as to why when they went into Snow White's Adventures, there was no Snow White, but there was like six uh, six witch figures. And so it's called. it was called originally Snow White's Adventures, and it was terrifying. Um. <laughs> So let me see if I can pull up some pictures so I can better give you. So um, I just, you all, I, I don't. So the 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 it's still in the Disneyland version, and it was still in after the. So they refurbished it, right? So it was not always like this. Um, they refurbished the ride. When did they refurbish it? I think nineteen. Yeah, it says nineteen eighty three here, but I think my uh, if I remember correctly, Allison corrected me on this one. Um, but uh, so Snow White's Adventures as it, in its original form ran for about 12 years and in this one it, the ride had seven witch models and the first one's still in disneyland like i was saying it's very creepy so you see the evil queen right talking to the mirror and it's set up in a way that the back looks like the evil queen but then the figure switches around really quickly and it's actually the witch with her hands up and it happens really fast and it's horrifying mm-hmm. i watched just a video of the old one and i was like that is crazy <laughs> <laughs> So then, by the way, this ride has no music, and it's only like screams and howls and wind. So you, you um, screams and you're, you're going through this dark room. You can see skeletons in like, de- like just you see dead things everywhere. Skeletons. Um, the only time you see the dwarves, they are scary. They're like scared and they're running away. You see the witch multiple times, and most of the time it's when the the car will whip towards her. So it's like a jump scare, and it just kind of takes you through the just you're running away you're running through the forest i don't it's it's very hard to tell it's very dark um essentially you see the witch seven times and i believe the last time you see the witch um she is perched above the guests and she's pushing a boulder onto you and then and then there's like i think there's flashing light and then you exit the ride so you died so she kills you (laughs) 
and she says she said something really creepy i believe it was like she said uh again it's been a while since i've i've researched this ride in particular i think she says are you enjoying the ride like she breaks the fourth wall and like and like screams that at you and then you like see her on top of the i hate that i hate it i hate it that's terrifying yeah well there you go <laughs> i'm just nonchalant about this like i know these things <laughs> like i wish i could i wish i could be there with you reacting to it for the first time and i'm like i don't know what i, I don't know what i want you should, I should. that's what happened that's not nearly wow. that's not nearly as crazy as this episode i'm researching right now um oh, great. <laughs> it's, it's a park in germany where the um when is this episode sure. coming out uh probably in like late july Oh, okay. Well, this this episode will be out by then. So this episode I've already done. There you go for your continuity. <laughs> um, is a, um, it's a it's called Spree Park in Germany. Everyone go check it out because it's already been released. Um, <laughs> and it's a it's about a guy who he had been convicted of of like accidental murder or whatever it's called in Germany. And because like six people died on one of his carousels when he was operating it. And then he's like, I want my own theme park after getting acquitted. Um, and so he built this, he like after the, in, in Germany, sorry, I'm dying. Uh, I can't even think about this. I can't even think of what I'm trying to say in Berlin. So once the wall came down and German Germany was reunified, um, he built his park. He, he turned this, transformed this, you know, park into a, a theme park, and had, he built coasters and carousels. Anyway, so long story short, in 2002, the park went under. He ran away to Peru to avoid the over billion billion euros he had in debt. Um, got into some trouble with the drug cartel there. Oh. Decided to smuggle like a lot of cocaine. From what I've been told, what's a lot? <laughs> how much cocaine are we talking? About? Like I was like, how much is it? And they said a lot. And so the uh, so I guess it was a lot of cocaine. And he hit it in a Ferris wheel or a carousel. Oh, carousel. That's, that's a lot of cocaine. Called the <laughs> called, and it was called the flying carpet. And so he hit a bunch of cocaine in there. And oops a daisy, he got caught in customs and thrown in a Peruvian prison for a couple of years. He got released earlier, but his son is still in there. And this happened in two thousand three. And apparently in like Peruvian prison, like I know our prison system is really messed up in the United States, but apparently in Peruvian prison, you have to pay to get a cell. And if not, you're just in a pit with the guards just wailing on other prisoners. So, Solid. yeah, I mean, that really puts Snow White's adventures in perspective, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Number two, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to give a quick thing on 20,000 Leagues. This will be an honorable mention. And so 20,000 Leagues. Well, it was just a submarine ride that you basically got into a submarine. You would you would walk across onto the submarine that was already submerged halfway, and you'd walk down, and then the submarine would take you, and you'd look at all look at the ocean life, and you'd see some mermaids, and you'd see um, fish, and you'd see deep sea divers, and then you would go under, and they'd put bubbles up to make it seem like you were going deeper into the ocean, and that would happen a couple times. And one time that it happens, you go into a show building or into this cave. And then you, uh, you're now like in the deep, deep sea, whatever they call it. The, you know, they, they go there and find Nemo for a couple minutes and there was a light. And so we, you got weird fish, you see a serpent and then you come back up and you go out. So the story is that in 1955, no, sorry, 1955, 1959 submarine voyage, which is the same thing I just described to you, but in Disneyland opened. And if you're ever look at Disneyland, there's still the finding Nemo submarine voyage. And it's the same idea, only in 1959, the future was um, submarines and transportation. And look at all these places we can go. And now we just don't care. Uh, but back then, they're like, it's the future. But by 1971, the future was no longer submarines. So they're like, well, we can't put this in Tomorrowland. We have to put it in Fantasyland. And we're going to theme it after 20,000 Leagues to give it kind of a fantasy vibe because – uh, Disney made the movie to Jules Verne's 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, and it was really successful, so we, they themed it after that. And, uh, yeah, any questions? What, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> so what's so, so cool about that one? Huh? What's so cool about that one? It's just like a great ride. Great. Like you get you attacked just, by a squid at the end? Do you, you die do, in you, it? You do, you, do, you do get attacked by a squid at the end, but you don't die, you escape. Well, that's why it's an honorable mention, and it didn't <laughs> I mean, like, we're, we're past the rides where you die, so. Aww. 
All right. Well, okay. What's number two? Number two is Timekeeper, which is one of my personal favorite rides of, of all time. It's not even a ride. Attractions. So essentially, Timekeeper. So there's the uh, Circle Vision, or as it originally appeared in Disneyland as Circa-Rama, which is dumb. But the um, it's basically, it was originally 11, then it was then 9. What they did is they created a what would be an immersive experience by putting you in the center of the circular room and projecting nine or nine or 11 screens. And they had this rig set up on top of a car and they had nine cameras. So they would film it and they put it together and then you would watch it and you could look all the way around. It's 360. It's panoramic. And then, um, what am I talking about? Man, I'm tired. (laughs) (laughs) Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm, so then they would just do really easy um, things such as travel logs. Like they did a tour of the West, which is America. They would just drive the car. You know what I mean? They would drive it and they'd film. And um, eventually we came, came time to build Euro Disney. And they were thinking about doing a Circle Vision film. But they thought, well, what if we did, well, we need to add a story to it because it's going to be in this discovery land. It's Jules Verne. It's H.G. Wells. It's this fantastical land. We're, we need to do something other than just a travel log. So what was originally just a nine screens showing you exteriors, they turned into a story. And the story starred Timekeeper, who in the United States version was voiced by Robin Williams, and the uh, Nine Eye who is the camera and the camera would go back in time. The timekeeper who is an animatronic in the room with you would like send the time, send um, nine, I back in time and nine, I would look at, and they would do digital, st- digital effects. And it was just the show. And eventually they ran into Jules Verne and they, uh, they went back with Jules Verne and nine, I would show Jules Verne in the future. And then you would go to the future at the very end. And Jules Verne is there. Cause he fi- and HG Wells finished his time machine. Um, I'm probably explaining this really bad. Does, and did any of that make sense? No, this is great. No, I'm yeah, following this quite is awesome. Long. Okay. This is like the, like, I, I hope everyone listens to this podcast because this is the most casual defunct land episode. <laughs> 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 uh, just, just me like half remember, like half remembering things. Just like, yes, like, no, there's a thing. And then now it's defunct. I don't know. What, what's the next? <laughs> Sipping on this root beer that I just spilled. Um, is it a root beer though? Yeah. What kind, huh? of, what kind of root beer you got? It is a, a Barks, which <laughs> is my favorite slogan, which is "It's good." Ooh. Solid. Whoa, well, Barks! Do don't work too hard on that slogan. <laughs> Barks, it's good. It's good. <laughs> I want to be an announcer just so one day Barks can hire me, so I can just say that <laughs> Barks, it's good. Submit a video resume. Because uh, they want to see a wax museum doll Brad Pitt uh, just kind of half moving his lips in front of a microphone. <laughs> I really like that that's how you uh, describe yourself. Well, see, um, I was uh, originally was a wax museum doll Brad Pitt, and now I'm a cartoon version of a wax museum doll Brad Pitt. I'm just uh, escaping the lawyers further and further um, because apparently my existence is an infringement upon the copyright of both Madame Tussauds and Brad Pitt. Um whatever it's, that's you just can me just tell us that you're I'm actually just, uh, brad pitt i'm just doing me i don't know what to tell him <laughs> we understand that's who i brad. am it's okay brad we accept you for who you are <laughs> yeah no my name my name is kevin but sure <laughs> okay brad <laughs> i love that like somehow that i am that's that's the, the-, the I, he is brad pitt like no one actually believes that but like that theory doesn't make any sense even as a joke i don't even get it <laughs> Any question? Any, well, we got to talk about the timekeeper, right? Yeah. So, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> so, why did that one go away? I mean, I feel like the, the ones where we died at the end was pretty self-explanatory, but... This one, you don't die. 9-11. Oh. No reaction. No, um, uh, not really, but kind oh, of. Gosh. Um, essentially, what happened was there were shots of the Twin Towers in the footage, and some reports say that they then changed the clock on the timekeeper's time machine to always be 2000, which I thought was a little weird. Like he's all like he were like when you walk into the attraction, you're walking into the year 2000. And then some say that they tweaked the footage to not have the Twin Towers. Some say they took out that scene entirely. Um, but that really didn't matter. It went on seasonal operation um, about midway through 2001. 
And then after two, and then I think it reopened in 2003 seasonally um, because Stitch's Great Escape was being built. So they needed to have people go do something in Tomorrowland. And yeah, and then after, and then just kind of limped along. And I think the last time it opened was in 2005, but it was officially closed in 2006. All right. So 9-11. And it was replaced by Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor. Monsters in what? Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor. Whenever we do get to take you to Disney, that might be one of your favorite things there. It's Why? awesome. It really is. I mean, hats off to everyone. I mean, I talked to Ron Schneider on my podcast, um, who was one of the original puppeteer, the CGI puppeteers for that. And I mean, it's just a, it's a fun show for everyone. Like they do a great job and they switch it up every now and then. I wish they would switch it up a little more, but it's a, they do a good job. It's like a comedy show played by CGI puppets. It's pretty great. Okay. Yeah. They... Oh yeah. All you guys have gone. You're like, it's great. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. <laughs> All right, Kevin. What's the big number one? Yeah, what's what's your favorite? What's ride? the best bum, bum, one? Bum, bum, bum. I'm ready. <sighs> um, it's called Stitches Supersonic Celebration. Um, I'm just kidding. Um, it's it's extraterrestrial. So the Stitches. Uh, if you ever read the book, um, which I don't recommend. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. um, it's a long read, yeah. Then the uh, Stitches Supersonic Celebration is in the book, but this is Extraterrestrial Alien Encounter, which was the first episode of Defunct Land. Don't watch it. It's really bad. Um, but it's a, essentially, it was this idea that let's make something based off the Aliens franchise, and then that didn't work out because of licensing and just the fact that it's terrifying, and why would we do that? Um, and they eventually came into this idea that we're going to have Tomorrowland. The big, the only refurbishment that Tomorrowland at the Magic Kingdom has gone through happened in 1994. Um, and this was the idea that aliens had come to Tomorrowland. So it was the future um, that never happened, is that aliens landed and they're now presenting to us. So the timekeeper is like um, a presentation on time travel. And then across the street or road or, or pathway, I guess, was um extraterrestrial alien encounter which was this um attraction that was going to demonstrate teleportation and the, what they were going to do is they were going to um you walk in and the first thing you see is some tv screens and then the second room is sir and skippy sir is a robot a simulated intelligence robot i believe is what that acronym stands for um and there you um he kind of explains to you what time travel is and he, he demonstrates it on Skippy and he makes Skippy go from one tube to the other and like it burns him and he's like, Oh no, it's safe. And then you go into the main room and it's this circular theater that they did not, they let, it was left over from flight to the moon and mission to Mars, which used to be there, which is basically you sat in a circle, everyone's facing each other and like multiple rows. And then the ground kind of rumbles and you look down at the screen and you can see you're taking off, which doesn't make sense because I don't think you can look down in spaceships. Um, <laughs> and then on, on the two walls, there's TV screens and it kind of shows you where you're going and it kind of, it simulates space travel, but then they retrofitted it to have this giant tube in the middle. And in this tube was when you walked in nothing. And then on the screens that, originally showed you um where you were going in the mission to mars were the were uh, some aliens from excess tech which was the name of the company demonstrating and they basically said um we want we were gonna teleport one of you to us and then the chairman comes down and says no i think his name's clench lc clench and he says no i'm going to go to them i just can't wait to shake their hands which is a dumb reason and um <laughs> but he, he gets in the teleporter and they teleport but something goes wrong halfway through and the teleportation device picks up a giant alien and transports it into the showroom with you. And then the light and then the, the alien breaks loose, the lights cut out. And then just it's probably five minutes or I don't know how long it was um, around there of just the alien kind of walking around. And you could feel it breathe on your neck. And at one point, the, someone comes out of the top on the catwalk and walks out there and looks around and um, tries to find where the the power is, but then you can see on the screens on his night vision goggles that the alien eats him, and when the alien eats him, you, can, you get sprayed by blood, which was later explained to be slobber, but it was blood. Um, <laughs> and it was just like all these different kind of a theater, in-theater 4D effects, um, but with the lights off, and so it was, it was very terrifying. Why are all of these so scary? <laughs> That's why most of them are gone. <laughs> I thought this was supposed to be like that a is true. fun um, this, place. This one was uh replaced by stitch's great escape with an exclamation point and um it's bad 
it's it's on seasonal operation. It's going to be gone very soon. Um, but it's just, you know, it's um, how to put it. It's extraterrestrial was a fantastic attraction, one of the Disney's best ever. And this was just um, such a great escape was just like a very immature, quick cash grab version of it. Or Stitch was teleported in or Stitch was like there. And then he like looks around and says Ohana and then spits in your face and burps chili dog in your face. (laughs) And and no one dies. So it's not even fun. (laughs) Yeah. It's not fun unless someone dies. That's my motto. (laughs) It's not, it's good. That's why I keep losing friends. (laughs) Because they don't want to be friends with me, not because they died, but because I say things like that. <laughs> yeah, that's understandable. Well, yeah, that would have been, I, I feel like that would have been on my, probably my number one. I have very fond memories of that ride, and I only got the one chance to, to do the extra terrestrial Yeah, encounter. me too, just the one time I went, <laughs> that's all I got. It was a great, it was a great attraction. These, uh, Magic Kingdom does not have a whole lot of extinct attractions. It has a, a lot of... I mean, like, as far as big e-tickets, because when you build a giant attraction, you don't like to take it out. But there are a few that are like, okay, that's kind of interesting that are no longer there. A lot of interesting shows uh, in the book, like, uh, there's also a lot of parades that have come and gone. And in the book, I specifically say, I will not be talking about the parades or the restaurants or the shops. Do not make me talk about these. I really hate talking about these because they're all the same thing. Like, it was a parade and then it ended. It's like, okay, that's not interesting. Um but like there's a there's some of the I do talk about a couple shows that <laughs> there's like a in the Diamond Horseshoe there's a there's this goofy western show which was basically just an an elaborate scheme to get close up pictures with characters and the characters would come out and do a hoedown with you it would never work in today's age because all people would be doing was on their phones taking pictures but like back when you had disposable cameras you get a couple quick pictures of you dancing with like Bullseye from Toy Story I think at one point goofy sings devil went down to georgia no he sings the cha-cha slide i mean those weird. songs are very similar yeah they're very interchangeable songs yeah <laughs> both times you get you get tempted by the devil either it be mr what's his name mr slide is that is that who made the cha-cha slide yep mr oh slide who, who, it was what i thought it was mr c it's Mr. Slide. It was Mr. C. I thought it was Mr. C to start out. It's, no, his name is Mr. C the Slide Man. Yeah. Hey, man. That, that was close. <laughs> he, challenges, he, challenges, he challenges you to the cha-cha slide, and the winner gets a golden fiddle <laughs> where you get your soul, which basically means you have to appear in the cha-cha slide part three, which is coming real soon, which yeah. has never come. Real soon. It's never come. <laughs> You, you know what I'm talking about, right? First of all, this was part two, which I did not, I was not aware of when I started. I would have practiced with part one, and then I was like, you know, cha 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 slide, cha 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 slide. No, it's cha cha slide. Wow, am I? Do you need to calm down on the root beer? Just put that at the beginning of this podcast. Just me saying, can you tell I've been working all day? And then they'll be like, oh, but but cha cha slide. He is the part two, and then he says. You know, this cha-cha slide part three is coming to you real soon, but until then, it's time to get funky or something weird. I gotta look this up. This is too important. Cha-cha, everybody. Where is part three of this? It's the Casper slide part two. That's what it was. It was the Casper slide. What does that mean? Who's Casper? I only know Mr. C the slide man. I had a question. Any, Any comments on extraterrestrial? I mean, it sounds scary. <laughs> oh, it was it was the most terrifying ride that Disney's ever had. Well, are you sure? Because you died in a few of the other rides, <laughs> so... Yeah, but by the time you realized you were going to do that, it was too late. Oh, okay. So it wasn't like, there was no fear. It was just the end, which is how everything should... I, I, I wish for everyone to have a fearless death. Yeah, That's fair. inspirational. Thank you. <laughs> that's kind of beautiful. There's a radio edit to the cha-cha slide. That just takes a... <laughs> Yeah, I wonder really what wiki long. page you have open right now. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the DJ Eric B slide? <laughs> Man, DJ Eric B must feel horrible about himself because he was on the same album at, and the album was called the Cha Cha Slide. And have you ever done the DJ Eric B slide? Yeah. All the well. time. <laughs> <laughs> 
That old wedding. Is that what you did when everybody else went to Disney? Yeah. Well, everyone else was at Disney. I was working on the cha-cha slides. Wow. Brad Pitt coming in with the buttons right now. Wow. Hey, right, Brooke, you had a question? I don't know if I do anymore. <laughs> um, actually, I did. Um, in your opinion, what is the absolute worst Disney attraction there ever was? Superstar Limo. All right. Do they play the cha-cha slide in that or something? <laughs> no, but the promo to it played All-Star by Smash Mouth. That sounds awesome. <laughs> no, it was a, you can watch a, a, a video on it. I've actually done two. Um, the first one sucked, so I redid it. Um, but the uh, the second version I enjoy quite a lot. Um, it's basically, it was just this ride where you went through Hollywood. It's a very long story. Um, I would recommend watching the video, but it's very interesting. And essentially it was, it was a, another thing like we need to get, we're going to get a second park in Disney in Disneyland. So let's build Disney California Adventure, which, as I say in the video, is a California-themed park in an already California-themed California, and um, it's just a, it's just California Adventure. And so they're like, "Well, we got to put something in the Hollywood section of California." And so let's do this ride with the celebrities. And it's a limo ride, and then Princess Diana died in a limo. And so they're like, "Well, we got to change it up, and let's just make it terrible so no one rides it." Uh, that's not the real solution, but. Yeah. I mean, it's kind yeah. of accurate, though. It's because you were being... I mean, You were well, riding with you Princess were, Diana? Were you the, Princess Diana? No, it was you were being chased by the paparazzi in the limo. Well, yeah, in the, in the original, yeah, you were being chased by the paparazzi in a high-speed limo. And so thought, let's slow it down, take out the paparazzi, oh, and Diana just put like awkward celebrity fi- figures of Whoop- Whoopi Goldberg everywhere. What? <laughs> it, Whoopi Wait. Goldberg appeared in two attractions at Disney California Adventure. Why? And People the, love Whoopi Goldberg. I've never once on any of on my channel said the words Whoopi Goldberg and not thought about how often I have to say Whoopi Gold because she I don't know she there was a theater or something where she was two giant pillars it was it was a Whoopi Goldberg pillar <laughs> what <laughs> And she and she appeared in an episode of Bear in the Big Blue House. Should I just do an episode on? Yo, oh, I no, love Bear I in the Big Google Blue House. <laughs> oh my god! Did Look you find at this. It? Let me see. I'd put that in my house. I watched that show, The Goldbergs, and it is not starring Whoopi Goldberg. And it took me a couple episodes, and I was like, "Where is Whoopi Goldberg?" Wait, is it supposed Does to it? be about Whoopi? No, it's not supposed to be. Oh about god! Whoopi. I was like, "What?" <laughs> Thank you, Kevin, for for jumping in thank you kevin or brad pitt whoever you really are i'm getting kicked out i heard there's another guest i'm just gonna stay here who is this other guest brad, brad pitt, pitt. <laughs> oh wow okay well legally i can't be in the same podcast as him, so. so we want to thank kevin for joining us today and for all of our listeners out there do you have a favorite close attraction that kevin didn't mention let us know at disneydopodcast at gmail.com or on our various social media accounts like Twitter, at Disneyto Podcast, or our Facebook page, Disneydos. Tune in next week when we revisit a beloved classic, Sleeping Beauty, and see if we think the praise is warranted or not. And find out if I'll ever know if Maleficent is in Sleeping Beauty. Dun dun dun. Hey! People accuse me of being a, um, a huge like Disney fan, and I'm like... I like Disney, and I'm a fan of the the work they produce, but I'm not brand loyal by any means where I am going to ignore the weird and weird stuff they do, like Whoopi Goldberg as a giant thing, or pretty much anything that was in California Adventure. Like, Disney is not perfect. They do stuff weird. They do weird stuff all the time. I I just ask when they do weird stuff to make it really weird, you know, like a pillar of Whoopi Goldberg. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.